Hello, my name is Matthew Jung, um, and I'm from the Positive Thought Podcast. Today, I was kind of hoping to kind of get more of an insight um, into your kind of podcasting, like the any advice you may have for people who are starting out with podcasts, and sort of um, how you kind of came about like this whole like business. Well, for me, it's always about, I like to go by the views. I don't go by the followers or subscribers or likes because you can get sucked into that. And I always tell people this, you can always unfollow somebody. You can always unlike something. You can always unsubscribe, but you can't unview or view. So with us, we have 20 million views and counting right now, uh, 2.4 and counting on our Tuesday night live shows, 1.9 on our YouTube channels. And then the other ones are just gangbusters. And I'm most happy about that. Right. Could you actually um, like explain maybe like a little bit more about like your channels, what they do? I mean, me personally, I've watched like a, like a bunch of your podcast um, episodes, like, you know, from the links that you sent me, but maybe just like um, give like a brief overview of like, you know, what, what you do, like what you review and things like that. Yeah, it's one of the things where you want to be the best in the world of what you want. That's that's for us, obviously. But what you want to do is being consistent. Like, like our Tuesday night shows, we're on show 47 as of last night. All shows are always live. We go straight through the year. We never take a break. Even if, this, if, uh, if it's on a holiday, we do our show. For right. me, I want to have bragging rights to always be live, to always be consistent. And going straight through the month of December, nobody does that. Uh, we're going to hit 52 out of 52 weeks this year. The last two years, we hit 51 out of 52 weeks. Do you not think that those two shows that I missed out on because of my engineer – we would have had three years of 52 out of 52 weeks. Matthew, nobody does that in the world. They usually right. take off three weeks of December and two weeks in January, and then they take off holidays. They don't want to work that hard. Movie reviews more in the Dreamweaver Arts and the Dreamweaver Artist Ranch does. Can you share like a little bit more about your journey into podcasting? What sort of inspired you to start into this business and what, what got you like motivated to keep going? It was more on celebrity interviews, always interviewing celebrities. And I'm like, I always knew I was going to outlast people, but I didn't know where do you take it. So I always wanted to make sure I had a video camera going back to the early O's. And right. from that, you always knew you're going to have audio. Think of this. Radio was never going to go away, including AM. So when you have those things like that, you put the camera together, you can't go wrong. Some people like audio. Some people like TV. But having both is great. Do you have any personal goals or a sort of like a personal philosophy that you kept in mind when you were uh, when you got started in the podcasting business? Maybe something like like I want to show maybe like this specific aspect of the of the celebrity world or I want to really like focus on a certain something. Was there anything that kind of like ha had something on your mind sort of in that sort of specific scenario? I always knew I was going to outlast everybody and I was always going to outwork you. Those are the two things that I always knew. And from that, I knew if you're going to outwork me, first of all, you got to get up earlier than me. Second of all, I don't drink coffee, so that's not going to happen. Three, I don't need a lot of sleep, but your body, as you get older, you still need to adapt and adjust to your new body. But from that, as I'm watching a movie, I'm watching every single movie from the beginning to the end. I don't do 10 minutes in. I don't do half and quit. I can't do that. I'm a completionist. I've got to see everything. And by me seeing everything, I know there might be the next Brad Pitt or the next Sandra Bullock at the end or even the next Jackie Chan at the end of a movie. So I want to make sure I see everything, including the credits. Right. That's what I can do.
Is there any particular like philosophical aspect or creative um, creative lens that you utilize when uh, when analyzing movies? Like, is there something like a certain something that you always think about like when you're watching a movie? Like, say like like you're always focused on like I don't know maybe like a the director's style or you're always focused on like do you have like a certain like notebook like a checklist of sorts maybe that you go down when you're trying to analyze or like make a podcast like review about a movie? No, it's one of those things where we have a system called the four E's. Right. Good movie, good book, good CD. It's always going to be entertaining and engaging, educational, emotional, empathetic, something like that. We came up with that. Nobody else uses that. Right. At one point, Cisco and Ebert had thumbs up, thumbs down. You're a little bit too young for that, but you may have heard of it. But it's also one of those things. It's about the story. I want to be entertained surprise me. I don't want to figure out a movie 10, 15 minutes in and knew I was right at the end two and a half hours later that I knew the whole thing 10 to 15 minutes into movie. That's not a good movie. It's right. a waste of your time. I know that I know you've done like a lot of like um, interviews. I watched a couple of your um, interviews like regarding like there was a lot of them regarding like uh, like producers, executive producers, directors of like different films. Is there like a like a specific aspect of like interviews that you do that's your favorite part? No, I go by energy. Jackie Chan, uh, I should say, Bruce Lee said this, be like water. Right. What he meant by that is water can go many different directions, but water is very, very powerful. It can create things and it can destroy things at the same time. So if you be like water, you have that flow. So for me, it's about the energy. I'm all about the energy. Like this, I know I could have you on our show. I've never met you, but right. I know by the questions you're asking, I would love to have you on one of our shows because right. it's, for me, it's about energy, give and take, cause and effect. Is there like a specific energy that's like your personal favorite maybe? Um, or maybe somebody that had a specific energy that you just like really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I love Jackie Chan. I love Jet Li, uh, George Clooney, uh, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Samuel Jackson, Harry Belafonte. Um, there's been a lot of them like that. They just walk into the room and they just, there's just their presence that comes in. I don't know if you've had anybody like that yet. They just walk in. You just know they're like, wow, this person, there's something about that person. How do I get next to that person? How do I find out more about them? They're right. like that. Right. Would you have any maybe like um, tips like for like conducting interviews? Like aside from like being like flexible, being like adaptable, is there like, I don't know, is there something, do you try to get more like personal with the people? Like, is there just, do you just try to, is there anything more than just matching the energy that you specifically try to um, utilize when interviewing them? I would say always this, you got to do the homework. If you know you're going to interview a celebrity from a movie, well, you got to watch the movie. It's the same thing from an author from a book. Well, you may not be able to read that whole entire book, but do your best to read that whole entire book because they'll know if you haven't seen it or haven't read it, they will know. And if you haven't listened to the CD, it doesn't, what is it, take you three minutes to listen to a music track? It's not that long, but you'd be surprised how many people don't do that. Those are the basics. You right. always got to do it. Even even me, you know, I got three more books today. What do I got? Seven books sitting here. I've got this right. one. You know, I got another one that two authors gave me. This one I just got. She gave me three today. So if I'm getting an average of 20 books a day, you know, throughout the week, do you think I can read all those books? No, it's impossible. Right. But I can watch almost all of those movies because I'm I'm a movie whore. 
who do you think has been like uh like a big ins- did you have any like particular inspirations i was i should say actually do you have any people um that you like uh that kind of introduced you into like podcasting like you know like maybe you watch like a couple of podcasts maybe a couple of movie reviews and then that's kind of like how you got started or do you have any kind of like role model towards this sort of business no there wasn't any you know the closest person that I could think of would have been a Howard Stern, if you know Howard Stern. Right. Uh, but Howard Stern and I came from traditional radio. Now everybody can say, oh, I have a podcast, but how many listeners do you have? What kind of sponsors do you have? What kind of guests do you have? Not everybody has that. You know, so there's some people who are authors. Everybody can write a book, get, but can you write a best-selling book? Can you write a best-selling international book? Are you a New York Times um, uh best-selling book. Those are the differences of things. Uh, for us, movie reviews are more in the Dreamweaver Arts and the Dreamweaver Artist Ranch. We're about things that are environmentally friendly, sustainable, and net zero. It's about helping Mother Earth. If you don't help Mother Earth, you don't survive, right? If you don't have good soil, you can't grow good food. If you don't have water rights, uh, you know, and there's a drought, which there is no drought around the world, um, you're not going to survive a lot of stuff. You need those three things. Right. I know you mentioned that you uh, like you started like traditionally with radio uh, with a radio background. Um, how did you um, end up um, choosing like the movie aspect, like the movie, like the creative aspect? Like what kind of led you down that road? Well, when I moved to California from Connecticut in 1987, I got rid of everything. If you've ever moved from another country, you get rid of almost everything. You go kind of bare bones and you start from scratch. Most people who move to California, you don't take everything with you. You take a limited route because you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know what you're going to do. So when I moved from Connecticut to California in 1987, probably before you were born, I came with $125 and change, and I didn't have a TV. So in Westwood, California, where UCLA is, all I knew is that there were 16 movie theaters around, and all 16 theaters didn't play the same movie. And I said, oh, I want to see these movies. So imagine going to 16 theaters you know, every once, every two weeks, trying to get to all of them, you can't do all of those. And I'm like, how are all these movies coming out? And then I walked into the, you ever heard of video stores? You go in and rent videos? Yes, yes. Well, there used to be a blockbuster. There used to be a, a, a extravagance of video was our store that we have that I was a manager of, assistant manager and an employee of. And it was one of those things I learned to watch movies and then I would recommend them for people. Just like if you see something on Amazon that you like, you recommend it to one of your friends and they go and watch it. So I would do that for celebrities and they go, oh, you're really good at doing this. Uh, you should be a movie reviewer. Well, how do you do that? You got to reach out to the MPA. The MPAA was the Motion Picture Association of America, now called Motion Picture Association of America. Uh, so instead of MPAA, now it's called the MPA. So they go, you have to get five directors and five producers like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino to sponsor you. I'm like, well, how am I going to get that? I don't know these people. And plus, I'm not going to be a director. I just want to do a show. But they didn't say you could do it from public access. Be the host and that producer, and then you have the director. That's how I started. And then once you start to put stuff out there like that, then people start to notice you. Right. Did you have any, um, say, like, did you have, what were some, like, tough roadblocks that you had to get over when you were first starting out? Like, how did you overcome not, not being syndicated, being the small guy, not getting a chance, people not believing in you, they're not liking who you are or what you do. Um, 
All I knew is I'm going to outlast you. I'm going to show you what you said I couldn't be done. Um, I'm going to teach you new things. I see things differently than what you see and just doing it and showing them. What would you say are some key, accompli uh, some key accomplishments that you've achieved that really just kind of shaped your career? Having, you know, 10 million views out of Franklin, Tennessee, itube247.com, not on YouTube. Nobody has that except for me in the world. Um, having, putting stuff on 13 different sites just to put the content up. I don't really engage with people on it because it's, I'm right. too busy putting the content up. Right. There's different eyeballs. Like you may not be on Facebook, but you're probably on Instagram or TikTok. Well, right. you're not on Lineable or Easy Way Network, but I am. So there's, there's different audience for different people. Right. And just so put content on all those people, you get different eyeballs and they all add up to the clicks. That's right. what I want. So focusing on, yeah, I know you mentioned it, but focusing on the views, like really, to just kind of expand your audience, right? Yeah, because as the NFL and World Cup goes by views, don't you think you should go by views also? Right. Right. right? right. They don't say we had this many followers watching our game. That's not how it works. No, it's about viewership. And what would uh, what do you think was like the key um, like the key decision or the key strategy to increasing your viewership like from the very beginning I'd say like I guess like once you have a certain amount of viewership it gets easier to it gets a little bit easier to get more and more but you know like when you're starting from like ground zero and you're building up how do you get to like say like from zero to a thousand you just keep putting up content content is always key the more you have the more people want to see the more people will always tune in. Right. So one of the things I always wanted to do was you just got to keep having that stuff. Like I don't do funny stuff. The girls will do funny videos. Right. And when I have 12 co-hosts, all women, except for Howard Wiggins and Mike Szymanski and myself, well, one is just a movie reviewer. One guy is 70 years old. He likes to dance and he likes to model and people love him. Me, right. I'm just a plain old boring black guy. You know, right. all I can do is just put my stuff up and hopefully that people like the shows that we do every Tuesday night. And right. when we go to events, if you're watching anything that we put up on Instagram or Facebook or um, or Lineable out of Beverly Hills, it's different stuff. It's not the same thing that I put up on everything. Right. So it's really just like I'll work them. Find, find, your, uh, find your like specialty, find what you're good at and just really like push that to the end. And stick with it. Even right. if, it, if it takes you five years to become a millionaire and you know that. Will you stick with it those five years to become that millionaire? Ask right. your friends that one day, would they still do that? Would they stick with it every day? If you knew at the end of the fifth year and that fifth day, you would become a millionaire, would you do it every day? Right. So for me, yeah, yeah. I know the end of it already, you know? But right. most people, they can't, they can't see things through. They have a short attention span. They just give up. Oh, this is too hard. Uh, who says I'm about that by the end of the fifth year, this is going to work? Well, how do you know if you don't see it through, right? Right. I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of curious, but I know for me, like I've, I, I've barely begun started, I guess, but I've already like, you know, getting like, you know, um, like no replies or like rejections or kind of like similar to the sort. And I was just kind of curious, I guess. Uh, I've liked, I've like listened to like authors, like give like, you know, talks and like things like that before. And I know, like, especially for book authors, they've always mentioned, like, how, how many times you get rejected from, like, publishers. How many times, like, do you think, like, um, like you've gotten, like, like rejections, like, from, like, uh, like broadcasting shows or companies before, like, uh, like, you started, like, making it big, I guess? 
Well, I have, you're always going to get them one way or another because sometimes you're, you're replying online. Right. But sometimes there's a good film called A Million Miles Away by Michael Penner. He's an astronaut, he plays an astronaut, but what he started as, he's the first migrant worker to become an astronaut. He right. happened to be good at math, but no one was going to give him the time of day because he was Latin. He was Latino. They knew him as a migrant worker. He applied to NASA 12 times. He was rejected all 12 times. On the 13th time, his wife said, why don't you just go to NASA and deliver this to them? What do you have to lose? They've already turned you down 12 times. Because of that 13th time, he went in personally. He was accepted in because the person said saw something in him of what they said that he couldn't do. So for me, I do better if you see me in person. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. And if you don't believe me, that's on you because I'm going to show you. Right. Then you can't come back and say, oh, you didn't. we, we didn't know you were going to do this. Yes, you did. Because I wrote it down when I told you when I was going to do it. You just right. didn't know. Right. That's the difference. You have to stick at it. And a lot of people just don't. It I, goes back to the, you know, the saying, if you knew, if you were promised by a genie at the end of the fifth year, at that moment, you would be a millionaire, but you have to work at it every day. Would you see it through? Ask your friends that to see if they could do it. Right. A lot of people can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's it's really tough, especially once you consider like, um, I guess you just have to really believe in the fact that like you're gonna make it. Like you gotta see yeah, it through. Because if you don't believe in it, who's gonna believe in you? Right. 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 Sometimes you have that one mentor. Everybody has a one mentor. You just don't know who's going to be. They see something in you that you may not see or believe in yourself. And they push you to do what you, they know that they, you have it in there, but you might not see it yet. Right. And as they encourage you, you start to get your momentum up. You start to get your belief system up. You start to get your mindset up and then it starts to take off. That's what you need. Everybody has it, but not everybody uses it. And um, was there like a person who kind of played that mentor role for you? Like that kind of pushed you along? Yeah, Don McTavish, my band director from East Lyme High School in East Lyme, Connecticut. Um, Bill Margo, um, he was a movie reviewer in California. I uh, can't tell you what he did on the other side because you're too young. But he was he was really inspirational of that. He was really, really smart. He knew marketing. He can give you all kinds of stuff. He's the person that came up with the four E's, the rating system that I used. Right. He goes, he, he would just come up with stuff off the top of his head and say, Bill, that's a good one. Can I use that? Go ahead, kid. It's yours to use. And, you know, um, Montague Pope LeBeau, he's like my, my spiritual advisor. We, he's like my, my good friend, my colleague. We go, we go, we, we bounce stuff off the top of our heads all the time to right. make what we want to do to where we are today. And is that kind of like your main method of like brainstorming ideas, just like talking to someone, just coming up with ideas off the top of your head? Or are you just kind of like more like jot things down, take notes kind of person? No, I do all of that stuff. I get up between two and four in the morning and I write things down because ideas, cool. ideas may come to you. You should always have a notepad, pen and paper near your, your bed. Because right. ideas come to you at that point. And then you ever had a dream that it was a good dream and then you woke up, you don't remember the dream. Have you had that happen? Yes. That's yes. why when you wake up, you got to write it down because you may not remember a couple hours later. That's when the ideas come from you, from God, from the universe. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'll like just ask maybe like, I'll ask a, a couple like concluding questions. 
I guess mainly um, just around maybe like advice for people like starting out podcasting or like film reviewing something like that. Like what would um what would you, what would you say like your main tip would be aside from I know you mentioned a lot that you need to outwork them and you need to believe in yourself. What's another tip that you would recommend like for people starting out towards like that creative side of the business? Well, if you're starting a podcast now, you're late to the game. Right. You know, you you know, think of those influencers. Some people start when something happens right away. We don't jump on it sometimes right away. You're late to the game. And then you got to play catch up. Not everybody is good at catching up from behind. Right. Um, not everything is good to start. Sometimes you have to wait to see if you're going to like it or not, if it's going to hold out, you know, right. some things don't. So YouTube's not going away. TikTok, well, probably won't go away. Instagram's not going away. Facebook's not going away. So how can you become an influencer for that? You've got to do something outrageous just to keep everything going in a different way. Because you can't become an influencer now. It's, it's almost hard. And if you are, it's by fluke. It's like the chances of something going viral. What's the chances of something going viral now? It's kind of like a fluke. Right. You almost have a better chance of winning the lottery. You know how, how hard that is, right? Right. Yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll end with like a final like concluding question. Um, let's see. Would you have any... Um, I don't know. Would you have any specific like mindset for people who um instead of if, if they can't outwork them like what else would you recommend for them to do like maybe like i know like um i don't know like for for for, for me it's always been like uh, for me my mentality towards like everything in life like whether it's just like sports or just academics has just been like stick to what you're good at and just try to make the most of that and I know for you, it's been mostly for you from what you've mentioned, it's been mostly to try to outwork them. What do you uh, what like have you seen like any other like mentality sort of like work out like, you know, um, over the people that you've seen over the people that you've like talked to over the years? Well, I think what I would say is you just have to keep going at what you're doing. It, the earlier you find out or something that you like to do, that's a good thing. Because then it allows you to really focus on it. If you know you, you're good in science and you want to be a scientist, well, you know what you want to do. You know what you have to do at that point. The right. question is, will you stick with it and see it through? Right. That's the problem with people. Will they stick through with it and will they see it through to the end to achieve their goal? Right. That's where people fail. Right. So when you're in high school right now, like, if, for example, what do you want to do? Well, for me, I want to go into bioethics. Okay, I, so out of history, so that's that, that sort of direction is what I'm looking to go into. You said art history, no bioethics with like a side of like philosophy slash history. That's what oh, I'm yeah, yeah. looking into. See, you know what you need to do, so you know okay. you have to take those courses. You want to find a mentor that will help you with that. All of those things are helpful, and they right. may even hire you in as an intern or say, "Oh, I know someone who would be great for you to study underneath." That's how it gets you to it. It's, so it's built on relationships too. Right. Not everything is taught in class. A lot of things are taught in the field, meaning you've got to have good communication skills um, to run into those people. Because if you are if you sit in the back of the class and don't say anything, you're not going to go far. Right. So I guess it's about choosing what you're good at and choosing it fast 
and then seeing it through and getting like connections, getting a mentor to propel you through. And that's really going to help shape, um, shape what you're going to do in your life. And that's like, absolutely. That's absolutely. Cause it cuts through the clutter. You already know what right. you want to do. You already know what you could possibly be good at. And the earlier you have a jump on it, the more better chance you have to succeed. Right. Yeah. Um, thank you for um, this interview. Thank you for this talk and advice. It's been great to be able to talk to you, um, you know, virtually. And this has been like a pretty insightful conversation. That's it for today's episode of Pause That Thought. 